Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... Uh, I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. I'm not hungover. You are. It is episode 284 of the podcast. And let me just say that this podcast is your average American Yankee doodle dandy. Yes, it is. I I should have started the podcast with a toothpick in my mouth. Yes, you should. And then everybody would have been like, who is that? And then I take the toothpick out and they're like, Reverend Steve. I'm so excited for today. (laughs) <laughs> so excited. Uh, first off, I want to give a shout out to my daughter, Emerald. She is 19 years old today, which yes. is crazy because yep. I absolutely remember changing her nasty ass diapers. And now she's 19. She can change her own diapers. Yes. Which is good. Which are I'm still done. nasty ass, by the way. Still nasty ass. Still very nasty ass. Today, we are going to be talking about uh, Pokemon. We're going to be talking about the Oscars. We're going to be talking about the strangest... You have just locked up. Number one song in America. The of Kanye. Yes. Funny. Yes. Bunny. Bunny. Yes. Bunny, are you there? Yes. Okay, there you go. Okay, so you're there? Yes, right here. Can you hear me? I can okay, hear good. you. You, you locked up a bit there. Okay, okay, so we're good. We're good. We're good now. Should hopefully not have any more problems. So we're good. Okay. So, all right, let's get to the podcast. Uh, buddy. Yes. It's all of our stay up to date with their with the news, current events. It's our duty as an as Americans to keep up to date with the the important news of the day. However, yes, it can be very difficult to stay up to date on the news of the week. Uh, it's very difficult to stay up to date on the news of the week when your corrupt far-right president is trying to stage a coup to stay in power, all the while giving up on stopping the deadly pandemic. So that's why the Pope on film is stepping up to bat and catching the bits of news that may have fallen through the cracks with a fun little segment that we like to call the Pope on film news smatterings. Yes. So I've got some news, but first I thought we should talk about a little bit about politics. So at the present moment here, here we are politically, 
Donald Trump has told some aides that he won't leave on Inauguration Day. Meanwhile, newly released emails show that Trump and his officials believed that the best way to defeat the coronavirus was to develop a herd immunity strategy. But in order to adopt a herd immunity strategy, that that means that two to six million Americans would die. So they developed a strategy knowing that two to six million Americans would die. And knowing the Trump administration, they probably pursued this herd immunity strategy, knowing that the coronavirus disproportionately kills blacks and Latinos. Yes. So plan to defeat the coronavirus was basically to let two to six million minorities die. That yes. is where we are right now. Plus, uh, uh, our, our country got hacked by Russia, which our president doesn't care about. Meanwhile, in the alternate universe where Joe Biden magically solves all of our problems on day one. Yes. Uh, apt South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete Buttigieg to be secretary of transportation. Transportation. Yes. And uh, let me tell you about Pete Buttigieg. Uh, he developed this thing called Smart Streets, and that's where a bunch of uh, a bunch of people they, they they studied traffic in streets in downtown South Bend, Indiana. Studied street patterns and when traffic was heavy and traffic flow, and uh, so. And, and then smart streets would, would help traffic and help save money for South Bend, Indiana, by uh, closing down streets that didn't need traffic lights or anything like that. So anyway, uh, the smart streets program deemed that the corner of South and Michigan uh, did not have that much traffic and did not need a street light. So they put a bag over the street light and in february uh 2016 uh this is what happened uh, uh, that uh intersection south and michigan was used by uh buses to pick up young children to uh, get them to a local charter school and two kids crossed the street and one was struck and killed in the corner of South and Michigan, in the intersection where uh, Pete Buttigieg and his Street Smarts initiative deemed that there didn't need to be a streetlight. Pete Buttigieg's response was surprisingly heartless. He said, and I quote, look, we simply don't know whether it would have made any difference Yesterday morning, as two children darted across the street, the, uh -huh. to me that sounds a lot like victim blaming. Yeah. Uh, and he later said, what we know is when you calm down traffic, you have an economically healthier downtown and a safer environment overall. But that doesn't mean it's the end of traffic accidents. And yesterday morning, two little <coughs> boys ran across the street and one of them didn't make it. Did That's what he had to say. That was uh, some callous, heartless shit right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I am shocked by that. I am shocked by that. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I bring this up and people, people, I brought this up on Twitter and people got angry at me and, and, 
and stuff. But the thing is that I feel that we forgot what we all agreed to. And what we all agreed to was, hey, we would have liked to have had uh, Bernie as our president or uh, Elizabeth as our president. But what did we get? We got Biden. Biden's not perfect, but he's going to have to. So so we all sort of agreed that like the important thing right now is just beating Trump, period. Once we beat Trump, then we can press uh, Biden to uh, to be a bit more left and to hear our needs. But I feel that the in, in the excitement of Trump being beaten, everyone forgot about pressing Biden. Yeah. Biden isn't like a magical savior that is, you know, going to fix everything. And, that, that, yeah, but that, and it's that just upsetting line, to me. It's just yeah, but that whole line was always bullshit. Like right out of the box, it was bullshit yeah. because if we can't press him to the left when he needs us to win an election, we're not going to press him to the left when he doesn't need us for shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Anywho, in non-political news, the Cleveland no, no, no. Hold Indians on, hold on, hold on. announced hold on, this week hold that on, they... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just okay. finish this one up, okay? I mean, okay. this is just Pete Buttigieg's payoff yes, yes, for stabbing yes. Bernie in the back. Just like it was Kamala Harris's yes. payback to get the VP spot. You know, they're all getting their yeah. little rewards now for what they've done. And, like... Pete Buttigieg was a former mayor. That's really not qualifying him for as high a position as he's getting. Okay? But, on the other hand, how bad can you really fuck up transportation? I mean, that's that's an example, and, and it just shows Pete Buttigieg again, but like, how often do you hear about the transportation secretary? You know, even during the Trump administration, we haven't heard about yeah. the transportation secretary. So it's like, okay, basically you the mailboy, and that's fine with me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to get that in before leaving. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I just. Uh, he had a really callous response to a young black boy being run over. Uh, you know? Yeah. And he and has... Like, I get it. Everyone's pointing fingers. And he has a shitty... Just because he was like the... the, the, the... Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's upsetting to me. I feel like we just all forgot that we were going to, that, that Biden wasn't our best choice, but we just need to get him to win. And then we're going to press him. And now it's just, Oh, Biden is our savior. Everything's going to go yes. back to normal. And it's like, no, no, yes. no. But that didn't would, I, no, didn't we, I we tell have you this to... was going to happen? We can go back oh, yeah, on no, absolutely. recordings 100%. where I said that everyone was going to just go back to sleep. And here they're going back to sleep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's 
freaking ridiculous. And but people anyway. would get actively angry at me when I said it. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. In in uh, non-political news that's still bullshit, the Cleveland Indians have announced that they will be changing their name and their offensive mascot, Chief Wahoo. So they will no longer be the chief, the Cleveland Indians, and they are no longer going to be using their offensive mascot. But uh, let me tell you why this news is bullshit. Yeah. Um... The news of the Cleveland Indians dropping the Indians dropping the racist mascot is bullshit because if they really meant that, like, hey, we're we're the Cleveland. You have frozen up again. We're catching on awful lot of lag today for some reason. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, command decision. I'm going to go ahead and reboot. So that means I'm going to be shutting down the stream from now. We'll be back in about 10 minutes. Are you back? Yes. I was just about to shut down and reboot my computer because we're catching an awful lot of lag today. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't entirely know what the deal is. I'm worried that it might be my computer, but I'm not 100% on that. Okay. Well, let's you know? let's just keep going for now. If it if it does it again, then we'll go with the reboot. But you're back now, so yeah. Uh, okay. So so the Cleveland the Cleveland Indians changing their mascot name is absolute bullshit because what they're doing is they're changing the name of their racist baseball team, but not until 2020, which gives you a small window to purchase our historic merchandise while you can, <laughs> which is like absolute fucking bullshit. If they really wanted to, if they really realized that their name was offensive and wanted to change it, then they would just change it. Instead, they're waiting until 2022 so that people can have time to purchase our historic name and and have uh, get merchandise with the historic mascot. And that's 100. That's, that's, that's uh, that. Well, you know, I mean, from from just a strict business move, which is part of the. Oh, problem. yeah, it's a great it makes yeah. you know rednecks are going to be buying that shit up. Oh yeah, and then the the Cleveland Indians said that hey, one hundred percent of Chief Wahoo merchandise sales will go to uh, Native American nonprofit organizations to help Native Americans, and like that's fine lip service, but they haven't specified. What is Chief Wahoo merchandise? Yes. What is that? What what constitutes? Like what the fuck is that? 
is are are they going to something tells me that when they say that that they mean hey we're we've made this special merch with our mascot on it and when you buy this shirt that money will go to the native american organization everything else we're fucking keeping yeah you know anyway the whole the whole thing the whole thing fucking stinks uh anywho uh moving on uh oh here's some great news that i am really excited about the wwe is in trouble Oh, I, I just uh, okay, okay. I, I just I just thought of a really great name for them to to have. They chosen a name yet? I I got a great no. one. I got a great mm. one. The Cleveland, yeah. The Cleveland generational shame. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I thought maybe like, why not go in the opposite direction and be like the. The Cleveland Whiteys. Yeah. The Cleveland Crackers. The Cleveland Crackers kind of has a ring. You know? Yeah. The Cleveland Crackers, the Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Pale Faces. Mm -hmm. Something like that is what I was thinking of. The Cleveland Albinos, the Cleveland. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah, the Cleveland so genocidal maniacs. We can go with that. I like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. One, yeah, I'm 100 percent fine with that. I don't know so if it in would happier, make me start watching sports, but I would definitely start listening to sports news. Yeah, I try to. Pay I would want to check out. I would want to occasionally check in and find out what the Cleveland genocidal maniacs are doing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Natasha got into uh, hockey because one of the teams is uh, like the the Krakens. The Krakens, yeah. Natasha, yeah, and and it's got like tentacles on their logo and stuff, and so Natasha has hockey merch now. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Anyway, in happier news, the WWE is in trouble. Today, as we are recording this, they're getting ready for uh, uh, today. They're having a pay-per-view WWE TLC tables, ladders and chairs. One of the most exciting and action packed pay-per-views of the year. And the last pay-per-view that happens before uh, the road to WrestleMania. So this is a big pay-per-view. And this past Monday on Raw was the lead into the pay-per-view. And usually lead-ins to the pay-per-views do really big business because people tune in to see what what's going to happen at the next pay-per-view. And so uh, the WWE Raw that happened on December 14th got a 1.5 rating which is the lowest in the history of Raw. Really? Uh, really? Yeah, and it was the go home sh- episode for this big pay-per-view that's happening. So I'm really excited to say that the USA Network is super frustrated and pissed off at the WWE because their ratings are shit. I shouldn't feel happy about this, but they deserve it on account of the whole, you know, bribing the state of Florida in order to make wrestling a necessary service. Yeah. 
continue recording low rated wrestling shows during a pandemic. They deserve this is what I'm saying. We 100% deserve this. Bunny. So Bunny, here's the big news of the week. Okay. The real big news. Okay. Not Trump or Biden or the pandemic or the, uh, what is it? The, 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 what is it? You, You get a, the vaccine? No, none of that. This is the real big news. Are you ready, Bunny, to have your goddamn balls rocked by this big time news? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Kadabra is back. What's this? Okay, so originally there were 152 Pokemon, and one of them was a psychic Pokemon whose name was Kadabra. Uh, that was the Pokemon's name in, in America, but in Japan his name was written as Yun Geller, a seeming, a seeming referencing legendary psychic Yuri Geller. Yeah. And when you add the fact that the Pokemon. Kadabra was drawn holding bent spoons. Yeah. It's pretty obvious that Pokemon 100% based a, uh, a a character on magician Yuri Geller. He was holding one spoon. He well, had one spoon. There's Abra, and there's Kadabra, and then there's Alakazam. Yeah. Okay. And, and Abra uh, doesn't have a spoon, but Abra does. Alexander. Yeah, but Kadabra is usually spelled uh, as Yun Geller or Yui Geller in Japanese, and he's holding a bent spoon. So it's pretty obvious that Pokemon based a character on uh, Psychic Yuri Geller, and he sued in the year 2000, and as a result of that, Kadabra the Pokemon has not been printed on a Pokemon card in over 17 years. Wow. Okay. Nintendo just went like, oh shit, okay, this guy is suing us, and so we're just going to stop featuring Kadabra in, like, anything. And recently, Yuri Geller broke his silence. He told website The Gamer that over the past uh, two decades, uh, kids, children, teens, gamers have been writing him letters and emailing him for just decades, begging him to allow Nintendo to use Kadabra again. And recently, he finally relented, lifted his ban on Kadabra the Pokemon, and released a statement saying, I am truly sorry for what I did to Pokemon 20 years ago. Okay. Of Of all the things that would come back to prominence in the year 2020, I never thought that drive-ins and Yuri Geller would be back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, shocked by that. But yeah. Uh, it, well, first off, first off, he should have known. He's a fucking psychic. Okay? And second... Exactly. If he wasn't getting letters from from mad Pokemon fans... He would get no letters at all. Probably, yeah. Okay, I'm saying Probably. if if it wasn't for this, okay, if it wasn't for this, yeah, and you came across Yuri Geller's phone number someplace, 
maybe a public bathroom, something like that, and you called it, he'd answer. He's not busy. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know? Yeah, yeah. Especially since, uh, he, he hasn't been busy since Johnny Carson was alive. Yes. You know? That's what I would say. Probably. So, so that's it for uh, the Pope on Film News smatterings this time around. Real mixed bag of news. But those are things that I think that people might have missed. And now you know about the Cleveland Crackers. The Cleveland, uh, what was it? Psychopathic? The, the, the Cleveland. The Cleveland Genocidal Maniacs. Yes, the Cleveland oh. Genocidal Maniacs. They can have yeah. a Jason-like. So you know, they can have a Jason-like mascot. Okay, okay. Uh he yeah okay yeah kind of kind of like a like a cousin to Gritty. Well, I'm kind of thinking like with the hockey mask, kind of like the Mighty Ducks. Mm-hmm. You know, you used to see like you used to see the Mighty Ducks like in a stencil in the back of car windows and shit. Maybe like um, maybe like Jason, but instead of a hockey mask, he's dressed as like an umpire, like umpire Jason. Well, he could be dressed as an umpire with everything except the hockey mask. You need the hockey mask. That's his face. Yeah. Okay. If you didn't have at least a hockey mask, how you would identify it as Jason? Oh, it was really great going to the drive-in with Natasha uh, on Halloween Eve, and we're watching Friday the 13th, and the whole time she's just like, where's Jason? And it's like, oh, he's not a thing yet. He's not even a thing yet. It's weird. It's weird. It's like if Godzilla wasn't in the first Godzilla. It's like Godzilla's mom. Uh-huh. That's, that's how effective that last scare was. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what took it. In the, you wanted to know more about that fucking kid. Yeah. How weirdest, weirdest movie. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, like if Halloween, like if Halloween, like everyone knows Halloween is about Mike Myers, but the first Halloween was about Mike Myers's Uncle Jeff. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, where's Mike Myers? Oh, he doesn't appear until Halloween, too. The first one is just about Uncle Jeff killing people. You, you know, my you know, my favorite part of Friday the 13th. The original one. Hmm. What? At the very end. Okay, wait a second. Fucking spoilers. You haven't seen Friday the 13th. Fuck you. When Final Girl lops her head off, lops the mother's head off, and you get the close-up of the neck and the squirting blood and shit, yeah. And the hands by the face where the head was. 
You ever notice how fucking hairy those knuckles are? Yes. Yes. yes, and Natasha pointed out that, like, you mean to tell me that, like, a 59-year-old woman was able to get that knife through an entire bed? <laughs> and then through an entire neck? Like, how is that possible? <coughs> you know, in that one scene where it's like, oh, yeah, there's no way a 60-year-old woman can do that. She probably has, you know fragile bones she's an old woman and then you see like a body go through a window and it's like how did a six-year-old woman pick up this you know (laughs) little teenage girl and throw her through a window some of this doesn't check out yeah yeah so anyway that's the that's the Pope on Film News Smatterings for this week. We're trying to entertain and inform. inform. And inform, inform. yes. Because so, it's been a wacky, wild year. Yeah, it's been insane. I'm really happy. Uh, thank God it's over. Like that song that we play uh, occasionally on the show. And cut on that. Bunny! Yes! It's time once again for our new limited edition seasonal segment that we're doing until the end of the year. And it's a segment that we call Things You Forgot Happened in 2020. Yes. Because it's hard to tell time in an endless pandemic. This you is know? true. It's just a not year of misery who knows what day it is what week it is and it's difficult it's difficult to uh understand the concept of time during a lockdown so a lot happened in 2020 what with the election and our corrupt president and the deadly pandemic and all of that but in february for a couple of days the biggest news out there for one small brief moment of 2020, uh, right before everything went to shit, people were literally out there going, I am outraged. This <laughs> is downright scandalous. This is the worst thing that will happen in 2020 without a doubt. This is wrong, and I will not stand for this. How dare they? How dare they give best picture to a Korean movie? Oh. (laughs) That's why we have best foreign film for Pete's sake. Foreign movies should get foreign films, and Best Picture is just for Americans. Yes. I, I, a white film lover, am disgusted. How dare they make me read subtitles during a movie? This will no doubt be the worst, most memorable, most shocking moment of 2020. And it's like, okay, simmer down, film Twitter. Uh... Because I'm pretty sure everyone forgot that. Yes. That 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 Parasite was best picture, and people were super pissed off. And it's like, oh man, I'm so pissed off. And 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 maybe we should change the rules of oh what everyone's dying from a pandemic. Okay, what were we arguing about again? I don't even fucking remember. Okay. Yeah. Well, but yeah, that I was, was this I year. Was... I I remember I was surprised, but 
I remember. I was okay. Yeah, I remember with it. thinking. I remember thinking, like, I want Parasite to win, but it's it's a foreign film. It's never going to win, and it did, and I was really happy. I was more but like a lot of people. I, I was more like, really? It's been open for foreign films for so fucking long, mm-hmm. and we have never. I I don't ever recall hearing a foreign movie up for the Academy Awards. Yep. 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 Ever. Yeah, like, not even not even nominated. So like I was kind of surprised by it, but it was like but at the same time it was a real like what the fuck? Yeah, it's kind of like that Eddie Izzard joke that she says where it's like, oh, uh, you Americans have the World Series, and you've won every year. Isn't that amazing? Americans yeah. win the World Series every year. Wow, you guys are good. And it's like, oh, how amazing is it that every year the best picture is an American film? Oh. Yeah. I mean, but you don't think about it because you just kind of think, well, this is just an American thing. You know? Yeah. 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 Just, just like... Baseball teams, they all play other American teams and football teams. I mean, we've always been jingoistic, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, I mean, it was just kind of an assumption I had made that, well, it was just American movies. This was just an American thing. This was just American movies. And then to find out, no, it isn't, and no, it never was. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. No, we were just being dicks the whole time. So, yeah, so you've just been being dicks the whole time. Yeah. We're just Americans being American. Hooray. Hooray for us. Yeah, so that's a that's a thing that I think a lot of people forgot happened in 2020. That's what I'm trying to focus on here. Things you forgot in the year 2020. And we'll be back next week with one more thing you forgot happened in 2020 next week. So join us next week for more of that and cut on that segment. Buddy! Yes! We still have a full podcast to get to. We have funny verses. We have a shap. That will surprise you. Okay. It'll surprise you because I got the last thing you expected me to talk about and turned it into a pretty decent shap. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by this shap this week. And then we've got to talk about a quote-unquote movie. But before we get to that, uh, this is just how we all talk in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> Uh, I speak now pretty much just primarily in Jackie Daytona quotes. Just yeah. my entire life now is just, you know, drinks are on Jackie Daytona. You know? Like, yes. oh, Eleanor, thank you for drawing that. That's so pretty. I haven't been this excited since the girls' volleyball team made it to state. <laughs> just love it so much but i'm trying to save it i'm trying to save it i'm trying to save it till we get there uh but before we get to any of that maybe we should take a break should we take a break 
we should take a break. You you cut out a little bit, and it sounded like you were making the sound, the the Price is Right losing sound. I don't know what the Price is Right losing sound is. Was that it? (laughs) Oh. That's the Price is Right losing sound. So so I said, should we take a break? And you said, no. We should take a break. And for a second, I was like, "Oh, did I go over? Did I go over the price? Plinko, or that one with the with the mountain climber?" Okay, yes, we will be right back with more of the Pope on film after this. Do 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 do. I like your hat, buddy. Do 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 do. Do, 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 and Republicans had cause to laugh today, and no, I'm not talking about Trump care. They're fine with that. The book, Reasons to Vote for Democrats, a comprehensive guide, released on February 8, 2017 and written by Michael J. Knowles, became Amazon's number one bestseller. The book, which contains 266 blank pages, has a loyal fan base who were more than happy to leave a review singing its praise. While many found the book informative, captivating, and the best book they have seen this year, others found that the 266 blank pages actually gave them nightmares. Some purchasers of the book found the blank pages too daunting and are anxiously awaiting the audio version. The GOP base, who vigilantly scrutinizes any and all events for even the slightest hint of conspiracy, concocted this very plausible scenario. Quote, I totally called that Dems would copy this idea and call it their own. Remember kids, if they didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have standards at all. Unquote. In fact, this has already happened when liberal trolls released this book two months earlier. Why Trump Deserves Trust, Respect, and Admiration, written by David King, contains 206 blank pages. TPOF analyst Floyd Likestacox notes that it took Michael J. Knowles two months to plagiarize a blank book. 
While many agree with Mr. Likes the Cops, critics are quick to point out that blank novelty books have been a staple of the publishing and novelty industry for many years. They believe that this may indicate that the plagiarism could potentially go back much, much further. Those who are aware of the book Why Trump Deserves Trust, Respect, and Admiration repeatedly point out that that book never made the number one spot on Amazon's bestseller list. Research conducted by Satoshi Kanazawa of the London School for Economics and Political Science seems to indicate that Democrats prefer books that actually have words in them. In the good old days, this doesn't happen because they used to treat them very, very rough. And when they protested once, you know, they would not do it again so easily. Are you from Mexico? Are you from Mexico? Huh?
Are you a soulless monster stitched together with the bodies of the dead? Were you brought to life by a hideous experiment that was meant to usurp God's authority? Are you damned to roam the earth, a soulless monster without a soul? Well then, simply try Chia Soul. Chia Soul. Simply spread the seeds, water them, and in a few weeks you'll have your very own soul. Chia Soul. By the maker of Chia Pubes.
And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for America's most beloved, energetic, enthusiastic, mind-blowing are you ready for everyone's favorite podcast segment, Bunny Versus, starring the incomparable, the legendary Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you jazzed? Are you pumped up? Are you ready to do it? I am ready. I'm a little tangled, but I'm ready. Cool. Well, without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus, and now here is your host, Woo! Oh, <laughs> Williams, take it away, buddy. Well, isn't this just the year that the spirit of Christmas can't overcome? I'm kind of praying for the Christmas miracle here, and I'm not seeing it. Yeah. Let's just take a look at the group, see if there's anybody hanging out. Not seeing anybody. Doesn't mean yeah. they're not listening, I guess. Yeah. Because we're on my... But we're getting more shares and likes on SoundCloud, so that's encouraging. Good, 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 good. Well, we are a charismatic duo. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't say we're like Batman and Robin. We're like Robin and Robin. So I like to think that we're equals. Robin and Robin, yeah. Yeah, and we know Batman. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe, we're... just maybe one day, we could be Nightwing. We're, we're, not, we're not Batman and Robin. And we're not Batman and the Joker. We're two Bob the Goons. Bob the Goons. Yes. Yeah, from 1989's Batman. Yeah. Yes. Love Bob the Goon. He's my favorite character in all the <laughs> comics is Bob the Goon. So how have you been this week? Ah... Uh... I don't know. Uh, I've just been sort of floating around. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm floating. I feel like uh, it's difficult to explain, but I don't know. I don't feel entirely 100% here. Uh, yeah. I feel like I'm just sort of floating around, trying to find direction, I guess. I don't know. But um, uh, I've been meditating for really like one of the first times ever. So that's yeah. been exciting. Yeah. Eleanor has her own bed 
in in a room she shares with Maxwell and Eleanor goes to bed first and then Maxwell afterwards. And when I'm putting Eleanor to bed, I read her a story. I say goodnight to her and then she can't go to sleep in the room unless someone is there with her and stays with her until she falls asleep and plays music. And for the longest time, I would I would just stay in there and I'd play some lullaby and I'd be on my phone and this and that. But sometimes she'll take five minutes to fall asleep. Sometimes she'll take 10 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour to fall asleep. And it just got, one day I'm just scrolling through YouTube and I see some video and it says, uh, uh, eight hour playlist of music to realign your chakras. (laughs) Filmed, uh, recorded in the, uh, 872 kilohertz uh, decibel range, which was banned by the church because of its healing properties. Okay. And 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 I was like, fucking, I'm gonna realign my fucking chakras so fucking hard. People are gonna look at me and be like, damn, bro, your chakras are so fucking realigned. And I'll be like, yeah, bitch, I fucking know. So I I started playing it as a joke, but then it got to the point where now every night I'm putting Eleanor to bed and she says, good night, dad. And I say, I say, good night, Eleanor. Tonight we're going to play revitalize your soul. And I'll put on some, one of these, like a new agey playlists and I'll wait for her to go to sleep in this dark room and I'll just sit there and do nothing I'll just yeah. sit there, listen to this weirdo new agey music, which is supposed to realign my chakras and cause my soul to finally heal. And uh, I know it's bullshit, but also it's just one of the high points of my day now is just having a half hour in darkness, listening to new agey music and just clearing my mind of everything. Yeah. It is just so nice. And, and so, yeah, no, my chakras are so fucking straight. It's <laughs> insane. They, they, you know, uh, it, it, I'm getting a, my soul is getting a tune up every night. Yeah. I'm, nice. I'm going to the jiffy lube of the soul. Yes. Every night. And I'm getting realigned and it is so nice. And I, I have almost everything for Christmas except for one very important present for Natasha. And FedEx says that it will be delivered on Christmas Eve before 9 p.m. And at this point in time, you just got to let go and let God. Yes. You know, that Christmas present is in Jesus's hands now. <laughs> And you just gotta, you just gotta believe. At this point, you just gotta believe. Are 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 you becoming a country western singer? I don't know. I don't know. I well, no, I absolutely am. I saw Toby Keith in this week's. Uh, oh yes. I saw Toby Keith in in a Colbert Christmas, the greatest gift of all, and I'm, I was just moved by that. Okay. So I'm becoming a country western singer. If Hootie can do it, then I can be a country western singer. Yeah. If Hootie can leave the blowfish and become a country western singer, then 
That's the way to become famous, like Taylor Swift. Hi, I'm country music singer Taylor Swift. Until I become popular, then I just become pop. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. You know, you know what's weird? You know what weirds my wife out is that when I get really high now, I'm really proud of myself over the past year or two to be able to get to the point where I can get marijuana and go and then go, hey, I'm not a total zombie for the rest of the day. Yeah. I can actually stand up and talk and look at you and express my emotions and not just sink into the couch for what seems like an endless millennia. Yes. So I'm really happy about that. But one thing that I found out about myself and marijuana is that when I get really high, I get really romantic. Oh yeah. Not in like a sexual way. It's not like a sex thing. It's just like, like Natasha will be there knitting or on the computer and she'll turn around and I'm just right in front of right next to her, just going like this, like, hi, honey, <laughs> you look so pretty today. I love you. Do you want to kiss? And, and she hates it. She absolutely hates it. And it's just, I, I just, I'm filled with so much love when I get high and it's amazing. Good. Never knew this about myself, but it, oh, it's so nice. It is so nice. Let me tell you the best thing that happened this week, Bunny. What? Uh, oh, and so, so like two weeks ago, Maxwell was on his tablet and he was playing some game where like a candy crush sort of a thing, you know, like, oh, you've got to match up all the colors. And then that's sort of like a, like a, crystal gem puzzle sort of game on his tablet. And I was helping him out and I'm like, whoa, slow down. You just missed a four in a row. And if you move that one here, you will get two and then this one will come down. And I, I had a lot of fun and I was like, hey, that was really fun to, to just play this puzzle game and just sort of relax. And and it, it helped me clear my mind. And I'm, I, will find, I will download some puzzle game myself and so I downloaded Marvel Puzzle Quest for like the fifth time. Okay. And so I was I was playing that and I had all these characters that I apparently had gotten the last time I played this game. And I'm, I'm playing the game and it's kind of fun. And I'm like, let me scroll through all the different heroes that are available. And sure enough, one of them is it, it occasionally... You can get, it's a rare limited edition spider ham. And I'm like, damn, I want a rare limited edition spider ham. What do I got to do to get spider ham? And sure enough, like, like at the beginning of the week, they started a versus tournament. And you compete against other actual players. And hey, if you win four... Uh, versus matches, you get this special pack. And if you win six matches, you get this special character. And if you win 10 matches, you get this. If you win 12 matches, you win this. If you win 75 matches, you get the rare limited edition Spider-Ham. Okay. And I said, I said to myself, I could probably do that. I would just have to dedicate a good portion of my life just to this. 
And that would be insane. But also, what am I doing with my life right now? Fuck it. I'm getting myself the goddamn spider ham. So I tasked myself with five wins a day and 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 I I was trying and trying and trying and I I joined a guild to help me win matches and it the closer I got to getting the spider ham, the more difficult it became because for a limited time, you can actually buy the spider ham and it's like 24 bucks. Yeah. So of course it was absolutely impossible. It was, it it was nigh impossible for my uh, very low ranked characters to, to win any versus matches. But this morning, I won my 75th goddamn match, and I got me that spider ham. All right. And I got on Twitter, and I said, you know, I went to school with a lot of people who ended up being high-powered lawyers, doctors, police chiefs, nurses, educators. And I don't mean to outshine them, but I just won enough versus matches in Marvel Puzzle Quest to get the limited edition Spider Ham character, and he's a three star level forty. So, <laughs> so so that's been me and my week. Uh, how you diddling, Bunny? Your wife's still giving you shit about that hammock. <laughs> that's the that's the first line that Jackie Daytona says. At the Perfect bar. Timing. Perfect yeah. timing. Yeah. Your wife's still giving you a shit. I've, I've been okay. I haven't been too terribly interested in the news lately because, like I've been saying here and there, it's like watching a movie of a book I read. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no real surprises going on. It may not be exactly what I thought, you know, just like the book version, you know? Yeah. But it's pretty much the same thing, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm just like really pessimistic about our chances, and of, yeah of survival, and I'm really trying to work more on being happy. That's what you gotta do. Fuck it. That's what you gotta do. You gotta be, you gotta be happy because Lord knows how much longer we all have as a species. Yeah. So... Oh, to go get pot. Like, so it winds up I'm going out of the house about once a month. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and I've been okay with that. You know? Yeah, I, I basically... The only thing... I only leave the house to go for a walk or to go to the supermarket, and that's it. That is, th- These are the only... Yeah, that is my existence. It's yeah, pretty I, weird. You know, I, I, I 
really like to go out for dinner in a movie. You know? But, like, that's about it. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I would happily go to the movies if they were showing anything. Yeah, see, I, I still can't do that, though. I don't know. A, a movie theater movie has to be some kind of a special movie somehow. You know? So, like, yeah, like I'm not going to go out to see a movie in the middle of a fucking pandemic that I wouldn't go see if there wasn't a pandemic. See, me, I'm you know like... You know what I mean? I mean, if... if, if yeah. Clash of the Titans couldn't get me in the theater. And there was no problem with going to the theater. It's not going to do any better now. Yeah. See, I'm different in the sense that, like, I'm itching to go to the movie theater. And, like, I'll go and see anything. Anything. So, what are you showing, movie theater? Oh, Frozen. And A Christmas Story. And The New Mutants. I'm not going to see that. Yeah. I'm not going to see any of these things. If they were showing... Because my idea was, like, hey, if you, if, you sh- if you guys show some old movies, I would love to go to the movie theater. And instead, they're showing, like, oh, hey, come and see... Uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol, and it's like, damn it! I was hoping more Aliens, Back to the Future. I don't know, Caddyshack. Uh, fucking, I go see Casablanca right now. If it was the kind of things like they're showing in your drive-in, yeah, I can kind of go for that. Some kind of like retro drive-in experience, you know? And you're gonna play. I don't know. Basket case, possibly. I don't know if I could talk to you into going to see Basket Case. No. My God. You know, Just I mean, wait till you get was, to Basket. If it was like like Casablanca, I I might be I might be tempted into going out to see Casablanca. Yeah, you know, but they're showing shit. A couple of weeks ago, they were showing John Goodman's The Flintstones. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not going to go fucking see that. I'm not going to go. Yeah. To go see. I'm not going to risk my life to go see Tenet, New Mutants, or The Flintstones. Yeah. Now The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. That's a different story. Yeah. That, that that was that was an Oscar winner for Best Picture four years in a row. <laughs> they just kept giving it to him. That's how good of a movie it was. There's only something to consider a drive-in movie. We, we we could do that. We could make a night out of that. I went to my local when when Natasha and I went to the drive-in in October and saw the horror movie double feature. At the be, at the beginning, before previews, before anything. They played a music video. Yeah. And it was this this attractive young blonde woman and her guitar and she was singing some song and I'm like, this is nice. I like this song. I don't know who this person is, but I like this song. 
to start off our night. I like this. And then later, in in between movies, we went to the snack bar and we got some more snacks. And as we were, and this woman dressed as Freddy Krueger was working the register. Yeah. And so we 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 left the snack bar and we're walking to the car, back to the car. And once I got into the car, I realized. Shit, Freddy Krueger was the girl in the music video. <laughs> oh, nice. And it's like she works here and she wants to be a musician, so they played her music video before the movie. That's adorable. That's a ni- that's a place to work. Yeah, you know? that's some that that's some cute small town Midwest shit right there. Yeah. You know? That's the saloon where the the lady who gets you drinks will also occasionally take the stage and sing a song. You don't get that in the city. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I was like, oh shit, that's adorable. Yes, it is. Love that. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I'm waiting to go back to the drive-in, but. But right now they're just showing cheesy Christmas movies. Like I, I'll go to the drive-in, but I'm not going to the drive-in for National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. No, a lot of people love that, though. A lot of people love that. But I was the one with Lewis. What's that? That was the one with Juliet Lewis because they kept changing the kids every National yeah. Lampoon. So yeah. Yeah. And what's his name? Anthony Michael Hall was one. Yes. So I'm trying to take things a little less seriously because they're out of my fucking hands. Yep. I mean, I'm keeping an eye on, but it's more like, yeah, well, you know. What the, what the fuck? The, the the Russians did what to our nuclear defense exactly? But I'm working on this really cool 3D scene, this Demon Gate, and yeah, I, I, I would that. rather I would rather be doing that than getting to you know. It's just like, all right, the nukes are flying. Good time to play a video game. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So, so that's it, and um, you know, that's a really rough draft of the Demon Gate, but I like how it's coming out so far. Yeah, you know, I I really got to rework the victim. She's not working for me. She doesn't look properly stretched out and tortured yet. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And the hole needs to be way bigger. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then I gotta do some other things, like figure out how to have it propped up better, because it's really not stable from a physics point of view. You know, you wouldn't trust that. Yeah. A giant wooden and steel pentagram hovering above the floor bad afoot for no reason <laughs> it's gonna come uh, down that and wouldn't make tip sense. over and it's gonna make a big fucking mess so I gotta prop it up some 
And since it's... Uh, that would make sense in the Saw universe. Yes. Yeah. And since I'm aiming it to be for Dr. Vornoff, um, I want to fill it with like a lot of Frankenstein equipment. You know? Yeah. One of those electric things that buzzes. You mean a Tesla coil? Yeah. 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 But figure out how they are helping to work the demon gate. You know what I mean? So this weird mix of black magic and retro science. You know? Yeah. Because that seems where Dr. Warnoff kind of fits in. You know? Yeah. Dr. Warnoff would not have a lot of computers. Probably not. And then basically that's how he would travel place to place. He would go through the demon gate and pop up other places. Yeah. But it's something I'm really trying to get as gruesome as I possibly can because I just want to do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 You do you. Yeah. So, so that's kind of it for that. Uh, what the hell? It's, it's it's almost Christmas. Yes, yes. Uh, this is technically yeah. We think a Christmas present might have gotten stolen from outside. Oh yeah, I I find myself going outside a lot just to check. For shit. Even when I know there's no package coming. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. That's crazy. Yeah. Crazy time. No, 12.57 p.m. That's the afternoon. Oh, p.m. Oh, I thought a.m. Yeah. 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 So, not really sure what up with the rest of the week. You know. Again, encouraged by SoundCloud and getting likes and retweets and or whatever you call them over there. Shares, we're getting more of that. So, it looks like maybe we're starting to build up a, a fan base again. You know. Yay! That Hi, fans. would be nice. Just it would, like it would be nice for them to come to the live streaming that we're doing right now, over on a Facebook Bird. group. You know, still planning on planning on putting up our own website again, and hoping Yay. how I could figure out how to stream from there. You know. Mm-hmm. So then, that would be the official place you go. To watch the show. Cool. Can I have a part of the website where I just write haikus? Of course. Cool. Of course. What the fuck? Cool. Reverend Steve's Haiku Corner. Can I go? I'd kind of like to go back to that idea I had a while ago. Um, maybe a couple of years. 
where I was going to put up a blog that was like a fake Hollywood gossip kind of news outlet. Yeah. Except that it would just report on undead cow. And whatever the undead cow is doing and whatever they're involved in, whether, you know, we write something stupid about the Pope on film or anything like that. And I wanted to take all, like, I wanted, I want to make another character that is the actor that plays Dr. Vornoff. Okay. Okay. And I would only do bits with him for that blog. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. You know, interview him. How long does it take to get him into the makeup to play Doctor Vornoff and and all of that? And like for every character I have, there'll be another character who'll be the actor for it. I like that idea. So I would be able to do like little background things. Like maybe I'll do just like a photo shoot of one of them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that, and put that up on the blog. Fake magazine cover. Yeah, sort of. And then, and then we can make up hellacious gossip about them, and put it on the blog. You know. Yeah. Just for the fun of it, you know. Just yeah. <laughs> just kind of making fun of actors who don't exist. You know, but one can marry a yak and it could be a big scandal. Who knows? Oh, this actress showed her beaver on stage, which is shocking because the beaver has stage fright. And he <laughs> yes. doesn't like crowds or lights. Exactly. So well, then you can interview fun. the beaver. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever actually have time to do it, but I wish I could. It's fun. I don't yeah. know how I would get anything else done. Yeah. You know. But then that would be the, the official place we'll have. We'll work in our own chat and things like that. Maybe a little message board or something like that. You know. And then from there, people would be able to get a hold of us through Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. Yeah. You know, but that's home base. And then like work it. on work on streaming to there and then streaming to other places like Facebook or Twitch or YouTube or anything like that. So you could see us multiple places, but if you want to interact, you have to come here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. It would be a good time to, you know, once we, if we, once and if we build up an audience again, um, it'd be kind of cool for Bunny Versus to get Google Voice back again. Remember Google Voice? This fucking show started on Google Voice. Google Voice. Jesus. I think we ditched that yeah, shit pretty that, quick. that was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, but the first yeah, couple that of was shows. A while ago. Yeah, the first couple of shows was just a phone call through Google that I was able to record. 
Yeah, our our podcast is so old that in the beginning, our podcast was solely available on AOL Instant Messenger. Yes. And then finally, we were able to upgrade to be the first ever podcast on MySpace. Yes, exactly. We had a huge, we had a huge following on Friendster. Yes, we were big on Friendster. That's that's where yeah. we got our biggest following yet. And then we got our big deal with Netflix, where if you wanted to hear the podcast, you had to ask for a DVD to be sent to you. Yes. Yeah. So. So yeah, no, we've been around for a while. That's what I'm saying. Yes, we. Yes, we have. Yes, yeah. we have. So then you could take, but but we could get Google Voice back and during Bunny Versus, take take calls. People who are watching the show take some calls from people who are watching the show, and we would be able to see them and chat on the website. You know. Yeah. So yeah, those are just some of the things I'm thinking there. Right now, I'm just chilling. The feed is working. I wish the sound yeah. was better on the feed going out, but it's working. It's doing its shit. I'm going to chill a bit here, fancy it up a little bit with different screens, things like that, and worry about the rest of that a little later. The glowing lights in the Bunny versus background are really drawing my eyes. Yeah, and I and that plugin no longer works. It's so fucking annoying, you know. Because that was just a picture of an alley I found someplace, and I fucked around with the color and put those those that they're basically lens flares. Yeah, and I want the lens flare. Just I'm blind. Yeah, and I wanted to do that with the spaceship we start with. Flipping back to it. For the yeah. for the red lights, you know, I want yes. to put them in, but that fucking plugin is too outdated. It doesn't work anymore. That's so lame. I have to find another way of doing that. I was going to do like the exact same thing, probably not as intense, you know, but get that that kind of glowing okay. look up and down yeah. there. And the space scene comes yeah. out, so whenever I get around to doing space scenes, I'll start putting those in the background. Yeah. You know? I see that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, the red lights glow. Yeah. That would be nice. But that sucks. That Bunny versus I'm good with. You know, simple, not too complicated, but it looks nice, so... I'm okay there. Yeah. Uh, yours coming up, Steve's historical approximation. I mean, this one is so simple, but I just fucking love it. Yeah. You know, like I couldn't really imagine how to say what Steve's historical approximation is just better than this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Regardless of how simple it is, I think it's still good. Uh, and just the movie, the stage. Uh, 
I don't know. I got to get better with curtains. The curtains aren't right. The stage itself looks kind of cool. Um, the lights are not showing up at all. I don't know why. But this is also still also a, a still frame. Yeah. Like this isn't actually animated at all. Yeah, I see that. I, I see that. I tried to get Dabney to do a little dance on the stage. But he really wasn't working out, and I got kind of frustrated. And I was like, I'll just get back to this later. Yeah. I want to rip a victim apart on a pentagram instead. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. You know. Uh, but in all, it's okay. The, the actual 3D version looks a bit better. And reworking the curtains isn't going to be that much, that big of a deal once I get back to it. Dad's yeah. apartment is coming out pretty good. I might just throw that up one day. Cool. Just a picture of that because it's starting to come out pretty cool looking. I realized um, what Dabney definitely needs in his apartment. And I said it to Jeannie and she had no fucking clue what I meant. Brain in a jar? I feel like he would have a brain in a jar. No, nah, the brain in the jar is definitely a Dr. Warnoff thing. Okay. But for Dabney, he needs an interocitor. Oh, absolutely. No, 100%. Every alien needs an interocitor. Period. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe like in the cutscene from Mystery Science Theater, the movie, he has an interocitor, but it's also it also has some like dirty clothes on it. Yeah. Because he doesn't use it, so he's got like stuff on it. <laughs> he's got like a towel some like a pair of underwear yeah pizza box on the top of it but still he has an interocitor every alien needs an interocitor yes he does yeah yes he does that is the one thing in his apartment that he needs I also can't yeah. figure out what kind of job he has <sighs> I've gone through a few ideas for jobs, and uh, I also kind of want him in the rest of the universe that I'm building up. But, like, interplanetary cab driver doesn't seem to work. You know? Or bus driver, I've considered a bus driver. Yeah. Well, if I don't figure out something soon, he's going to be working in Reggie's bar. But that's not quite what I want to do with him either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just watched like, the... I kind of like Dabney being more Earth-based. Yeah. And I also like the idea of him being able to, like, maybe fourth wall everything else in the universe. Uh, maybe he has one of those jobs where he calls people to talk to them about their car's limited warranty. Maybe he's like a scam call person. Oh, and like 
And like all of those scam calls that you get that like, oh, this is probably just some guy in India. No, it's an alien that they outsource all of the scam calls to aliens in outer space. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. So he's got like a he's got like a headset and he's in a cubicle with a yeah. bunch of other aliens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Getting old people to mortgage their house and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. I just came up I- with that. I am I am pretty much done though and I totally have to pee. So okay. let's just wind this up. Get over to Steve's approximate and we'll just hang on that screen until I get back. It'll just be a minute. But okay. till next week. Self is stick non adhesive. Yes, please. And I got a piece, so that's good enough for now. See you next week on Bunny Versus and cut on that. They were all hits. Yeah. Bunny needs to pee, so. They're so good. I think we're pausing the show for a little bit so that he can pee. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You know what I hate? Godzilla attacks. <gasps> That's cute. That's really cute, honey. I love you. I love you so much. Awesome. Do you want to smooch Not a little really. bit? Because I'm on a little bit of a break right now while Bunny pees. We can get we can get to smooching. Smooching. This is the background for Steve's historic approximation, and I why, like it. Why is your um, camera so like that? What do you mean? Oh, uh, it's the sun. And close the damn curtain, sir. He, Bunny loves it. Oh. Bunny loves the like sun flare okay. that comes that oh, comes that when we're about. recording the podcast. Yeah, because we record it at a specific period in time, and usually around Steve's historic approximations, I get the J.J. Abrams in in the in the shot. <laughs> nice. And Bunny does like that. Okay. So I really like the background for Steve's historic approximations because it's uh, little thumbnails of different shaps that I have done. It's just every once in a while he shows a thumbnail of a woman who has just shit her pants. <laughs> and yes. I'll be yeah, and I'm here like, oh hey Shap, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It's so much what the fuck? Oh wait, I, I kind of do remember that Shap. Okay. Yes. Alright, never mind. It's a it's a classic. Yeah. It's a classic shaft. Okay, so you're back. But but you, you you try to get representations of everything that shaft is. Yeah. You know? Like the dread pirate Jean de Clisson. I mean that's that's hardcore 
history. You know? Yeah. George was a scumbag. Yeah, there there she is. The dread. Uh, messed his pants and invented. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he thought he shit himself, but he didn't. He invented, like, a microwave, microwave technology. Oven. Yes. Yeah, he, he had a chocolate bar in his pocket. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, that's what that one is. But I see that thumbnail, and it freaks the shit out of me for, like, a good three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. See, he thought it freaked the shit out of him, too. Right? Literally. That's, that was the joke. Yeah, literally. That was yeah. good. That was a good joke. Yeah, I know. I love you. Okay. You want to kiss really quick before yeah. we do Shab? Yeah, why are you making, why do you intentionally do that? Because I love you and I'm, I'm high, so I'm feeling so much <laughs> love for you. Smooch, smooch, smooch. I just want to, just, will you hold me? Will you paint me like one of your French girls? <laughs> my My girls are Belgian. Damn it. Will you paint me like one of your Belgian waffles? Maybe. Okay. Funny! Yes? If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast of Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays in this in this hectic hustle and bustle yes. of, of life in 2020? Who isn't a fan of the Pope on Film podcast? But only real fans, true hardcore fans, would know two undeniably real facts about the both of us, America's hottest will-they-or-won't-they couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost is the fact, the absolute and in no way made-up-on-the-spot fact that you, Bunny, uh, I don't know if anybody knows this about you, but uh, when you're not doing the podcast, you're a, a very successful animal breeder. So tell us, Bunny, how you got started in the business and what are you currently breeding? What am I currently breeding? Yes. Well, I try breeding a variety because you never know. Basically, next season, because this is a business that works in seasons, you never know what the hot species is going to be next season. Um, so currently, I am trying to breed those those horned beetles. The ones that kind of look like rhinoceros. I am trying to breed them. They seem particularly partial to Johnny Mathis and cocaine. Um, Now, between those two things, I I mean, we haven't had any uh, production out of them, should I say. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm kind of blaming the cocaine. I mean, pfft, who could blame Johnny Mathis? Okay. Uh, here here's just an idea. I'm not a professional like you are, but yeah. just spitballing. Why don't you switch to Lionel Richie? Yeah, Lionel Richie. You think? That's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Lionel Richie works every time. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. Uh, but that is one. Of the things that I'm breeding, I am also breeding uh, bloodworms. Um, if you ever gone fishing and you can't help but avoid fishing when you grow up on fucking Long Island, yeah, and it's okay if you're if you're if you're intentionally wanting to go out and have a really boring day, you know, and 
oddly enough, sometimes you are in the mood for that kind of thing. Bloodworms are a particular type of worm that you can get at the bait store. Like, I'm sure other things are called bloodworms, too. Uh, yeah. Bloodworms, too. The dark world. But basically, they are blood red. And they look similar to centipedes. Except hmm. that those aren't legs on a bloodworm. Those are just weird-ass dangly shit for some fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> and then in its head, it has jaws and teeth. And you can get a nasty bite on them, and they are fucking frightening as shit to look at. Uh, I'm going to take your word for that. I don't need to see and the big thing is, is that because they got they got the jaws and the teeth, what you want to do is you want to squeeze them in the back of the head for them to open the jaws and put the fucking hook through, which you know what they deserve. Yes, yes, it sounds like it. It sounds like they deserve it. They are frightening abominations, as far as I can tell. They are fucking Lovecraftian looking. Yeah. And one of the few joys to fishing. That's weird. That is weird. So I am reading those uh, related to fishing. Uh, I am also breeding spider crabs. We need a lot more spider crabs. We We used to pull them out of the ocean. They They would get stuck on the hook trying to eat the bait. And you would pull up a spider crab. There is another nightmare looking creature. Yeah. Oh. Because first off, when they put out their claws and extend their claws when they get pulled out of the water. That's a good three or four foot span. That you were looking at. It, It looks like you just pulled a goddamn giant spider. Out of the fucking yeah. ocean. It is terrifying. Yeah, that's frightening. That is frightening. It is terrifying. Uh, okay. Uh, good to know. Good to know. This was an, edu- <laughs> this was an educational uh, introduction, and I like that. And the now, they go for the Lionel Richie. Yes. They go for the Lionel Richie. They kind of yeah. like... They kind of like prefer Lionel Richie and Silas Ivan. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to find a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations! Or SHAP, as I like to call it repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name SHAP. It's short. It's saucy. It's the Bridget the Midget of porn of podcast segments. Anywho, this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, hey, while you were talking about fishing in Long Island, um, it, 
Uh, I always thought that Joe Pesci was from Long Island, but he's not. You know where Joe Pesci's from? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Orange County, New Jersey. Short Island. Short Island. Yeah, that's where Joe Pesci's from. Okay. So, just just fun fact. Fun fact for you. Anywho, this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing one of the strangest topics we have ever discussed here on Steve's Historic Approximations. And that says a lot coming from me. Okay? Yes. That says a lot. We have tackled some very strange topics from an angry customer uh, causing a frustrated cook to accidentally invent potato chips to flying a midget on a kite in Central Park. We've covered a lot of strange shaps on this podcast. So it says a lot that this one will be discussing the one topic that no one ever expected. Uh, this is how it came to be. So I was here on my computer, typing, typing, typing up, and the kids were watching some video, and it, it, it was a duck, and the duck was just sort of doing this weird walk, and someone said, hey, that duck is dancing. And, and I got to thinking, like, wait a second. So I found myself singing a song, and then I started thinking, wait a second. How did this song come to be? And uh, so I, I learned the story of the song, and I found it to be pretty amazing. And that is where we are, the, the true story of the strangest number one song in the history of number one songs. Okay. Uh, and I never thought I would ever, ever say this next sentence sincerely, but here we go. I want to talk about Rick D's. Okay. <laughs> Rick D's. Okay. Yes, Rick Dees. Growing up, he loved the radio, and he wanted to work in radio. He got his first job at a local small-time radio station in Greensboro, North Carolina, WGBG, when he was still a high schooler. WGBG was an AM radio station, and uh, Rick Dees would, uh, would work there, and he would do the Sunday morning shift that nobody else wanted. And uh, hardly anyone listened to, but hey, Rick Dees was on the radio and that's all that matters. So he would do Sunday mornings on air at WGBG. He loved the radio. Then he went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Odd story. Uh, his BFF in college, Rick Dees' best friend in college was a guy named um, Ken Lowe, who would eventually create... The Home and Garden Network, HGTV. Okay. That's really weird that Rick Dees and the creator of Home and Garden Television were best friends in college. I just think that's really weird. Yeah. Then fresh out of college, he was hired to do weeknights from 9 p.m. to midnight on WKIX-FM Top 40 Hits in Raleigh, North Carolina. That station was owned by Pat Patterson. That's Pat Patterson, the North Carolina radio legend who died in 2017, and not Pat Patterson, the recently deceased, quote, openly gay wrestler, yeah. unquote. 
And and I, I say that with quotes because uh, so Pat Patterson worked for a very long time with the WWE and he recently died. And so the WWE is out there. It's like, oh, yes, the WWE is mourning the loss of Pat Patterson, the first openly gay wrestler who wrestled for WWE. And a lot of that is kind of bullshit because yeah. the WWE has a lousy track record with LGBTQ. The, the only they treat LGBTQ the same way that they treat the coronavirus by closing your eyes and pretending that it doesn't exist. The only time that you'll ever see LGBTQ storylines on the WWE is when it's lesbians making out. Yes. So Pat Patterson was an old timey wrestler from the six fifties and sixties and seventies. And then he retired and then he became an on-screen persona during like the WWE attitude era of like Uh 90. And then in 2018, Pat Patterson came out in 2018. Okay. Way after he was wrestling. Yeah. In 2018, he came out, and then he recently died. But now the WWE is out there saying, "Oh yes, legendary Pat Patterson, the first openly gay wrestler in history yeah. who wrestled for us, the WWE." A lot of that is just uh, like PR, you know. Well, 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 it, it's the WWE. I mean, I would never just assume that the WWE was telling me the truth in any way. If it, WWE says, okay, Pat Patterson is was the first openly gay wrestler, but it's like, no, because when he was wrestling, he was not openly gay. He didn't come out until 2018. So what yeah. you're saying is bullshit. He, Were in, there- fact, in fact, he didn't come out until he was well the fuck away from you bastards. Yeah, so, so okay. it's, it's, it's total... It's total BS. Like, were there gay people as cast members on Saturday Night Live? Probably. But Kate McKinnon was the first one to say, hey, I'm Kate McKinnon. I am openly gay. So she is the first openly gay cast member. That doesn't mean that there weren't other cast members who were gay, but she was the first openly gay cast member. You can't say that Pat Patterson was the first openly gay wrestler because he wasn't openly gay when he was wrestling. Right. Right, it's 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 like like calling Eddie Murphy the first gay Saturday Night Live player. Yes, you know. Yeah, yeah. So Which we know he is now, but you know, back then you had to put up like a front. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the bit, the bit I'm doing is <laughs> so. Rick D's is doing 9 p.m. to midnight on WKIX FM. And it's not the most popular gift on WKIX, but that's okay. Then came Rick D's big break, Memphis, Tennessee. He started, he got a job working WMPS AM 680 during the disco craze. And he was looking for a way to make some money. So this is what he did, okay? To earn extra money, he teamed up with a traveling disco roadshow. And it was nice. sort of it was like a it was like a traveling 
disco night club. But the thing was, Rick Dees made a deal with the traveling disco nightclub. And so for every person who at the door, when they were walking in, told the bouncer, Rick Dees is an idiot, Rick Dees would make one dollar. Okay. I don't know how in the world anyone would come up with such a crazy ass uh, idea, but he did. And so he got on his radio show and said, hey, if you're going to the traveling disco road show, be sure and tell the man at the front door that Rick Dees is an idiot. And so uh, he's his radio show became so popular that he started making a thousand dollars a night from the traveling disco nightclub. Wow. That's how popular his radio show was that suddenly he was raking in money by getting people to say that he's an idiot. Like, you know what? I never liked Rick D's, but that's some weird fucking respect that you just earned for that. Yeah. Yes. You know? That's a weird uh-huh. ass story. So Rick D's is working mornings at WMPS AM 680 in Memphis, Tennessee. He's the morning guy. He's the wacky morning radio DJ. But it's important to note that it's like the 70s. I'm not saying he was the first wacky morning radio DJ, but he was a pioneer in the world of, hey, I am the local silly family friendly wacky morning show DJ. He was the I, wacky- I would have to put cousin Brucey at in yeah, New York in that same cousin kind of category. Brucey, uh Murray the K, Wolfman Jack. Yeah. But he he was more of the modern day like hey 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 Rick D's in the morning, you know that sort of uh it, it, nowadays wacky morning DJ is commonplace, but he was like a pioneer in the world of wacky morning DJs and what he would do and he was one of the first people to to do this is that he would write and record funny novelty songs and parody songs and he'd play them on the air and they were very funny nowadays pretty much every a, a ton of radio DJs do that but he yeah. was doing it at the time um uh Rick Dees is playing his songs in Memphis and Estelle Axon Axton. Estelle Axton hears them. Estelle is the is the co-founder of the legendary Stax Records. Okay. Apparently Memphis, Tennessee has a Memphis sound, and the Memphis sound originated with one record company in Memphis called Stax Records. They had they had signed such artists as Otis Redding, Booker T and the MGs, Isaac Hayes. They also did comedy albums. They released Richard Pryor. They released Bill Cosby. They were like a big ass record company in Memphis. And the co-founder of Sax Records is hearing Rick D's every morning and and gives him a call. And it's like, hey, we want to sign you to Sax Records. We've heard your wacky songs. Do you want to do comedy albums for us? So now Rick D's is doing a very popular radio show and he's recording comedy albums. But here's the crazy thing. Okay. The the radio station owner at WMPS AM 680 says, Rick, we need to have a talk. Now, 
you are a radio DJ, but now you're making albums. You cannot play your albums on our radio station. That would be a conflict of interest. Yeah. We love you, love your show, but absolutely no Rick D songs can ever or will ever play on this radio station. I don't even care if one of your songs becomes a hit. It, it, all over. A number one hit song. If one of your weird comedy songs suddenly, inexplicably becomes a hit song, even then we won't play it. Like that will ever happen, though. Yeah. So his third album featured a song called Disco Duck. Okay. It's... Uh, it's it has a plot about this guy who's embarrassed to dance, it, but eventually he gets the courage and gets on the the disco floor and starts dancing like a duck. And the whole comedy bit of it is that uh, when the guy is dancing, it's one hundred percent the voice of Donald Duck. Yes. And the reason why I looked it up was because, it, it, like, uh, the kids were watching some duck dance, and, and Bella said, hey, that duck is dancing. And I'm like, oh, my God, is that disco duck? So I started singing disco duck. And then I started thinking about it. Like, that, they 100%, that's a song where uh, uh, Donald Duck is. Well, but you Do see, you the thing is, is that, like, people, people more my age who remember the song when they came out, mm -hmm. when it came out, we've really been trying to put it behind us, and we've been doing it a good job until you fucking meddling kids uncovered it. I'm talking about Disco Duck. Isn't this crazy? Yeah. Isn't this weird? This, this shaft is about Disco Duck. Okay, so... It was a so dark day of music. <laughs> the reason why I looked up Disco Duck and learn this story was because in my mind, I'm like, did Rick Dees get sued by Disney? Did he get Because <laughs> that seems like the sort of thing that, that Disney would sue over, right? Because it is basically just Donald yeah. Duck singing in this disco song. And no, they didn't, they didn't sue at all. But they did eventually release an album called Mickey Mouse Disco. And I feel like that album wouldn't have existed without the popularity of the song Disco Duck. That's song would go on to sell over six million goddamn copies. Wow. It would reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts in October of 1976, and it can also be heard in a scene in a film you may have heard of called Saturday Night Fever. Yes, okay. They even asked him, like, uh, yes, he's on my it's Whataburger and not Waterburger. That's like uh, Emerald when it, she realized that they weren't paper views that you paid her? per view. Yeah. She thought they were paper views. Yeah. You just realized that they're not water burgers. That's fucking wonderful. So they even asked him, like, hey, do you want Disco Duck to be on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack? But the uh, Stax Records said uh, that might interfere with the sales of, of Rick Dees' album, so we're going to have to pass. But, oh, my God, Rick Dees could have 
been a bajillionaire. Yeah. If Go Duck was on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Anyway, suddenly Rick Dees is touring the United States. He's touring the world. He's on TV. He's on talk shows. He's performing Disco Duck everywhere. The weirdest hit song to ever be a hit song. Uh, suddenly, uh, Rick Dees is a nationwide hit all over the nation, everywhere, except fucking Memphis. Okay. Because his radio station, WMPS-AM, ref- still refuses, like, I-, I know, Rick, that you have the number one song in America. It's still a conflict of interest. We will never play Disco Duck on this radio station. So his radio station wouldn't play it. But then all of the other radio stations in the entirety of Memphis, they collectively go, well, shit, we can't play Disco Duck either, because if we do, we'll be advertising Rick D's in the morning on WMPSAM. So it's the number one song all over America, but not in Memphis, where it never gets fucking played. Awesome. And it's so weird to think about. You are a hit all over America, but not in the one place that you live and work. Yes. You know, that is really odd. That is really weird to think about. Well, it's kind of like a grenade uh, blowing outward. Yeah. 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 It, it, he even appeared on American Bandstand and performed Disco Duck, but they preempted American Bandstand on Memphis TV for professional wrestling, which is the most Memphis thing I've ever heard of. Can can you can you claim an historic? I think for the first time ever, this is a story that we should claim. The Pope on film needs to claim this. Yeah. So that we can name the historical event the Rick D's crater. Yeah. 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 Because that's basically <laughs> what it is. Yeah. He was a hit everywhere, just not in the place where it mattered to him. Yeah. That's fucking fascinating to me. So there was no love in Memphis for Rick D's. And because of Rick D's hit records, uh, his radio station, WNPS, fired him. Really? Okay. And they're like, hey, you're all over TV, you're all over the place, and you're super popular, and you've got this hit song, but like, I'm sorry, Rick, we're going to have to fire you. (laughs) So So a local rival radio station scooped him up, but... Rick Dees had a non-compete clause, so he could not go back on the air for 45 days. So while he waited, he went back to Hollywood. He was on American Bandstand again. He was on Soul Train. Oh, my God. There's no water in here. There's no water in here. So so he's getting his name out there, and while he's in L.A. waiting for his non-compete clause to 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 dry up and an AM radio station in LA offers him a morning show. And Rick D says, okay, great. This is what I want. Screw you Memphis. So he moves to LA and he does six to 10 AM at 93 K H J AM. And he's boosting their ratings, but also it's now like 1979, 1980 and AM radio is dying. <laughs> and it's 
like, hey, Rick, you know, you're really boosting our ratings, but also we're going out of business and we're becoming a country music station. Yeah. So Rick Dees leaves 93KHJAM, and in July of 1981, he joins KISS FM in L.A. At the time, KISS FM was not doing good. Nobody knew KISS FM. KISS FM wasn't a big deal. With yeah. Rick Dees in the morning, he was able to get them to number one in the ratings and, and make them so popular and so powerful that uh, – KISS FM in L.A. is the highest grossing radio station in America. Wow. And, 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 Kiss, FM, and KISS FM will even say, like, that all began with Rick Dees coming to a radio station. Wow. And while Dees was on Kiss, Kiss FM, he had an idea that, like, what if we do a weekly top 40 radio show? We we can syndicate it. We do it here at Kiss FM. We'll sell it to other radio stations. And it's the top 40 hits uh, on the radio at that time. And the first broadcast of uh, Rick D's weekly top 40 countdown was in October of 1983. Now, currently, it is December 2020. That motherfucker is still on the air. Yeah. Rick Weekly Top 40 has been on the air since 1983. That's some impressive fucking shit. He was in La Bamba. <laughs> and I don't know when the last time was I heard or even thought of Rick Dees, but God damn it, this man's got my respect. Yes. You know, this is an insane story. Rick Dees is an idiot. He would make a thousand bucks a night just because strangers said he was an idiot. How do I get that job? Well, but at the same time, don't you sort of have to admit that your destiny and your best possible reality was to be a morning zoo DJ? I feel like he created the morning zoo. You know, like it's not that like, oh, he ended up being a morning zoo radio DJ. I feel that he came up with the concept of the morning zoo radio DJ. Well, if you were going to if you were going to change a morning zoo DJ into an avatar, into like a Christ figure, into like a Gandhi figure, you know, a personification it would be Rick Dees. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am if you so were to, If respect. you were to recognize a new Catholic saint, Rick Dees would be the patron saint of morning zoo shows. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I am, I, 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 I am fascinated by this story. Disco Duck. Yeah. Was a number one hit song. Well, at the time, the, the, look, you had to have fucking been there, okay? Because it was Disco Duck. It was Disco Lucy, which was a disco song set to the I, Lu I Love Lucy theme song. I love that. I love that funky disco Star Wars theme. Yeah. 
We had that. a disco version of the fifth of Beethoven. Yes, I remember that. So, you know, if you take Disco Duck within context, it's a society it crying out for help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I just did an entire chap about Disco Duck, and I'm really proud of that. Oh, I'm yes. really proud of that. This, oh, this yes. has been a great chap. I don't know what we're doing next week, but I'm really excited to see what chap we have next week. Yes. But that's it for Steve's historic approximations this week. It, it was about Disco Duck, and I'm really proud. Be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's historic approximations! And cut on that. And cut on that. Funny, we need to talk about... Shira, Stephen Colbert, and Tucson, Arizona. But before we get to that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. <laughs> I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pope on film after this. Do 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 do. That was so nice. That was solid. <laughs> that was so good. And break. And break. It makes me feel pretty. Montage, montage, disco montage, it's a montage, we're cleaning up the streets, we're getting people with wife beaters, asking them questions, in an alleyway, I'm wearing a peach colored suit, and everything's cool, it's a montage, a disco montage. Is that a jeepney? That's weird. It's a montage. Here's my business card. It's a montage. A disco montage. We are cleaning up the streets. We're whacking the attack. And sometimes we're attacking the whack. And sometimes it's a whack attack. Because we don't have a coherent catchphrase yet for what we are doing. Maybe we should get some better publicity. Maybe hire somebody to do this stuff to figure out what we should call this. Maybe we can do that in our montage. Kung Fu montage. We're talking to drunk people. That might... I think that's MC Hammer now. MC Hammer's drunk. He is drunk in a hallway. We're walking past pawn shops in our montage. A kung fu montage Disco godfather And a guy with an afro A really impressive afro In a montage Walking down to something Not really steps but 
maybe that is a thing. And this guy's got a briefcase, and he's got his at a pipe. Oh, I don't know what he's doing. He's signing a piece of paper in a montage. Smokey the Bear montage. They are walking down the streets with some fine ladies in a montage. Beating up random people that they see on the street. Got real big glasses. See somebody beating up people. Doing real bad kung fu. Getting some guy Grabbing him by the sweater Slapping him Across the face His sweaty face In a montage I've got a dog montage Since 1927 The American Optics Eyeglass Corporation Has had one central goal To provide Hot class high-quality eyewear. The hot-ass chicks disguised as nerdish Whether it's Anne Hathaway from The Princess Diaries, Rachel Lee Cook in She's All That, or Mothra in Destroy All Monsters, the American Optics Eyeglass Corporation is there to further a sexist film trope for cash. Do you know the 1957 Humphrey Bogart classic film The Big Sleep? In that film, Lauren Bacall is a nerdish bookworm with glasses. And who made those glasses? We did. The American Optics Eyeglass Corporation. You're not attractive, you wear glasses. Hi everybody. My name is Steve, and today we're going to be writing songs for people, random people, at the Home Depot. Hope you like it. Check out my hair, my hair is awesome. Check out my hair, my hair is awesome. Uh. I'm showing off in a red shirt. I'm showing off in a red shirt. Check me out, I am really awesome and I'm showing off in a red shirt. Lady getting something from the trunk, no way does she have her stuff. Did she drop something? No, she's picking up trash, picking up trash that's on the street. Picking up trash, trash lady. I want to do you all night long. I am normal, I am normal, conform, conform, I am normal, check out my shirt. I love khaki shorts, and I'm secretly in love with my best friend, and my khaki shorts. Getting in the van, getting in the van, driving away, driving away, driving away in my van. I'm scared. Are you scared? I'm, I'm really, really scared. Scared.
You can throw in the car really quick. It was quick. Right. It's quick. Okay. Um, and we're back with more of the Pobon film. Act three, buddy. Act three. Act three. Yes, buddy, my friend, my confidant, my some third thing. It is time once again for this podcast to casually mosey on into the third and final act of the show. And for the uninitiated out there, the third and final act is wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our artisanally handcrafted movie of the week. And this week... We're just trying to get through this goddamn year without going fucking insane with a Frankenstein together video of some Christmas specials and a random episode of a TV show that I call He Steven Daytona. Yes. It's the 1985 He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, the 2008 Stephen Colbert Christmas special, and for no reason, my absolute all-time favorite episode of What We Do in the Shadows, season two, episode six, entitled On the Run. Yeah. Uh, I was going to pick some Christmas movie, but I... We're so close to being done with 
2020 and I, I I just want to for this year to be done and over with and so instead of picking some movie that I may or may not like I just decided to put two 45 minute Christmas specials together and uh, Frankenstein them together with a little bit of an intermission and then at the last second I added my favorite TV show because I just wanted to talk about Jackie Daytona on the goddamn podcast and so if anybody wants to see this i did put a link in the chat of the stream last week so if you do want to watch the yeah. he man and she special and intermission then the 2008 stephen colbert christmas special and then season two episode six of what we do in the shadows the series you just have to go to facebook go to the facebook group go to the stream from uh 12 13 2020 and there is a link there uh for a limited time yeah but uh, i i don't think we need to take that much time to discuss this i feel like this this one is just for us you know yeah this is just uh we're just so fucking close to being done with this goddamn year and i just <laughs> want this to be fucking over and done with and i know that on january 1st everything isn't gonna you know magically go back to normal but i just want to know that 2020 is fucking behind me so um he-man and she-ra a christmas special do you think you could explain the plot of this weird thing that I had never seen before. I've never seen this no, before. No, because I had a really hard time with this one. Yeah? There is a slice of life, okay, where things get a little weird, like after puberty, kind of dealing with adulthood, where cartoons become really stupid. You know? Yes. And they become for children and things like that. And there are there are a lot of other things that also fall into the same category, just not just car- cartoons, you know. And then you start coming out of it, and you start watching cartoons again, ironically, you know. Yeah. Because it's so bad, or or whatever. I I was hooked on a cartoon. Kind of in that phase, I think it was the GoBots, something yes. like that. The GoBots were nice. the GoBots uh, were a nice transformative alternative. And then I think that this cartoon was like a ripoff of that. So like they weren't exactly the so like they were this cartoon was like the Transformers twice removed. I always thought as a child that the GoBots came first and then the Transformers came second, but that the Transformers were so popular that everyone assumed that the GoBots were a ripoff of the Transformers. But as far as I can tell, and I have looked this up online a couple of times, both the GoBots and the Transformers just so happened to come out at exactly the same goddamn time. Really? Yeah. Like so Armageddon of, and Deep Impact. Yes, yes, yes. yes. 
So a lot of people just assume that the GoBots were a ripoff of the Transformers. I always assumed that the Transformers were a ripoff of the GoBots, but no, they just they were just similar ideas that came out at exactly the same goddamn time. I liked GoBots as a child because they were cheaper and Transformers were expensive AF. And my parents would buy me GoBots instead of Transformers. So but I, that's why I, I think I've only seen one. Well, technically, two of the Transformers movies, because I saw the first Transformer movie and then I saw Bumblebee, which was actually not that bad. But I haven't seen any of the other ones because I don't give a shit about the Transformers. He-Man fell into that section of my life. And I've, I've never gotten past it. Although I do have the He-Man movie with Dolph Lundgren that I really want to watch oh, well, again. Goddamn classic Frank Langella. I was very much in the period of, first off, this is barely a fucking cartoon. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, you are in the speed racer category when it comes to animation here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's... And there, then it there was just such a crass commercial for the toys. Well, this was during a period in time where He-Man was super popular and they were making so much goddamn money and every child had... I, 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 estimate, I, I estimate that I owned roughly 90% of every He-Man toy that they ever made. I yeah. had almost everything and my parents would just buy these toys because the more he-man toys they bought me then the more i left them alone and played with the toys because my parents hated spending time with me yeah period so they would buy me toys so that i would leave them alone which is uh just so much fun but uh, i need to jump in uh uh-huh because uh he-man uh was on tv when my boys were a little Mm-hmm. I wouldn't let them watch it. I was one of those strict parents. It, that makes sense, because like every episode was just selling like whatever the next yeah. action figure was. Or yeah, exactly. like, and it was and it was all about violence and Yeah, yeah. My sister says, Yeah, but there's a moral. I went, no, the kids don't hear a moral. They say, Gimme that and yeah. fight like them. Yeah. Yeah, they they can add they can add a moral to the end of G.I. Joe, but kids yeah. won't remember watching G.I. Joe and go, Oh, remember that episode where they taught us about being nice? No, they'll remember the explosions and the gun shooting and the yeah. you know, they won't remember whatever the so called lesson was. Yeah, no, so that makes absolute sense. But, to not have well, your kids well, okay, walk. so now to totally tangent though, uh, that's why I because I just watched it again. How much I love that fucking Speed Racer movie, you know? Because like this live was my one? cartoon from when I was yeah the live action one because it really yeah. nailed it. Like that's how we felt as a kid. Like Speed Racer was our hero, and part of Speed Racer was yeah. He was just a downright honest, decent guy. Yeah, but you know what? My mother-in-law didn't let my husband watch that either. Speed Racer? 
<gasps> because he was always, uh, his parents would say, don't do this or don't do that, and he'd go off and do it anyway. Nah. Okay. 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 To be fair, when Speed came out, there were a lot of kids who uh, would hide in trunks with their pet monkeys. Yes. That was a popular thing yes. at the time. I, I so. was like four when Speed Racer first came out. You know? So mm-hmm. I was really young and, and I found it totally engrossing. You know? Yeah. And that's why I love the movie so much. I saw things in the original cartoon as Speed Racer because I was an impressionable four-year-old that didn't actually even exist in the cartoons. But the Hmm. Wachowskis saw it and the Wachowskis put it on fucking film. Yeah, they took risks with that movie. They took a lot of risks with that movie. I, I I can appreciate that film. It, it's a goddamn, it's a spectacle, that movie yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Film. Okay, so He-Man was making so much goddamn money that they, but they also saw, wait, girls aren't buying any of these He-Man toys. We need to figure out a way to sell He-Man toys to girls. So they pivoted to, oh, yeah, we'll still be doing He-Man, but guess what? He-Man has a twin sister. The twin sister is named She-Ra. And so we're going to start promoting She-Ra like crazy because we want girls to start buying the She-Ra toys in the same way because then we have all the boys buying these toys and all the girls buying the other toys. And this special came out during that period in time when they were really pushing She-Ra. So that's why in this Christmas special, every other line is, well, brother, what do you think, brother? I don't know, sister, but you're my favorite sister. We're sisters. <laughs> Brother and sister, that's us. Hey, Shira, my sister, whom I love. Let's go and fight the bad guys together. Me, He Man, and my sister, Shira. We are together. <laughs> so that was like half of the goddamn special because they were really pushing, like, hey, Shira, sell these. These are, they're He Man toys for girls. Buy, buy these toys. Yeah. Please, girl girls buy these toys so then uh she-ra became popular and suddenly they're selling he-man toys and they're selling she-ra toys and that's when they fucked up they said hey we've created this massive toy empire he-man and she-ra we're gonna do it again so they stopped he-man they stopped she-ra and they moved on to the their next big project Brave Star. He's a cowboy in space. Yeah. And nobody fucking liked it and it tanked and then the company like went bankrupt or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but so I really liked He-Man and I was really into He-Man and I had every He-Man toy. But once they started pivoting to a girl and girl characters and girl sort of stuff, I kind of stopped by caring about He-Man because I was very, uh, 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 what's the word, uh, uh, gender normative at the time. Okay. In my head, it was just, oh, so now they're promoting She-Ra. That's a toy for girls. I'm going to stop watching this because I have a penis. Yeah. And so, so by the time this Christmas special came along, 
I just didn't care about He-Man anymore. So I had so this was my first time watching this, which was really weird because I loved He-Man, but this is my yeah. first time watching this. I forgot how cool. Skeletor looks really badass, but is the most bumbling son of a bitch. And the voice. Good lord. Yes. I forgot that Skeletor looks badass, but then you see him and he's like, we must stop He-Man! And it's like, what the fuck? Did you always sound like this? This is insane. Yeah. In my mind, in my, I wrote fan fiction in my head for this. And Orko ends up on Earth and meets these two Earth kids, and they're and they're like, "We got this Christmas tree to bring to our house to celebrate Christmas." And Orko is like, "Christmas? What's Christmas?" And they're like, "We'll tell you about Christmas." Okay, so the wise men followed this star, and so in my head, Go goes back to Eternia, but now he's an annoying ass born again Christian. Okay, and he's like, "Hey, hey, He Man, hey, Shira." We gotta fight Skeletor, but you know who we don't have to fight? Jesus, because he's inside of us always. <laughs> so, so in my mind, Orko, the little shit, becomes like the 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 the, the what's his name? Is saving Christmas? Uh, the worst Christmas movie. I keep wanting to say Candace Cameron. Um, Kirk Cameron. But Kirk Cameron, there you go. Yeah, in my mind, he's now the Kirk Cameron of Eternia. <laughs> and everyone's like, fuck, here comes Orko. Oh, shit, he's got a Bible in his yeah. hand. Fuck. Don't say anything Red- about the banana. Yeah. They have repeatedly tried to reboot He-Man over and over again. And like, oh, here's here's... He-Man, but now he's in space and he's fighting aliens and, like, nobody liked that. And then in, like, the 90s, oh, He-Man is back, but now it looks like an anime and it's all badass and then nobody cared about that. And then in, like, the 2000s, look, Cartoon Network with this gritty, expensive, big budget uh, He-Man cartoon. And then that failed. And they're like, fuck, what do we do? Uh, we can't bring He-Man back. But then someone had the idea of like, okay, well, if if people don't want us to reboot He-Man, crazy pitch. What if we tried rebooting She-Ra? And yeah. they did She-Ra on Netflix, and so fucking popular. Yeah. So fucking popular. Still to this day, I'll go on like Tumblr and I'll still see people like fawning over the Netflix She-Ra show and sharing memes and shit like that and fan art and Bella was really into it and it felt so weird for me to have your kid into a cartoon that you actively avoided when you were seven. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Real weird. Real weird. So anyway, uh, that's He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. What are you doing, Bella? Trying to look for either of the two remotes that we have. You should try turning on a light, first off. And secondly, they're not up there 
in the couch where near where Maxwell has his tablet, they're usually there. No? Okay. Well, I'll finish the podcast and I'll help you find it if you haven't found it already. Maxwell probably lost it. I, I well, I I probably lost it, but I just wanted to put the blame on someone else. I apologize. So that was the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Then there's an intermission, and I just put it on there just to make it feel more movie-ish. Yes. Uh, I added the first Christmas cartoon I could find on archive.org. It didn't. It wasn't the best quality, but it's a 1936 cartoon by Max Fleischer called Somewhere in Dreamland set during the Great yeah. Depression. So, so that was the intermission. I and then after that was the second Christmas special, and that was a Colbert Christmas, the greatest gift of all. It aired on Comedy Central on November 23rd, 2008, so it's 12 years old, which is really weird. Yeah. Does it look like it's 12 years old? I, I, I actually have the DVD, and I try and watch it every Christmas. It has a Yule log, and yeah. it's like an hour-long Yule log, except... Uh, it's a fireplace, but yeah. but it being Stephen Colbert, the character, um, he's throwing popular like liberal books into the fire. Yeah, I miss uh, Stephen Colbert, the fake right wing character. Is that you what know? he was in this? Yes, yes, because he had his own show, The Colbert Report. So this was Stephen Colbert back when he was the fake right-wing Fox News pundit. And okay. I miss that Stephen Colbert. Now we have Stephen Colbert, the late-night talk show host, which is fine. But, but Stephen Colbert, the fake right-wing pundit, pundit, he did a really good job of exposing Republican hypocrisy, you know? Okay, so you know, then tell me about that song. Which one? The first one? Yeah. The Toby, Toby Keith, was it? Oh, yeah, no, they, that is the absolute worst, and I, and I hate that part of the special. But it makes sense with... Stephen Colbert being the fake, fake right-wing pundit. I feel that Toby Keith being in the special is his way of, like, poking fun at himself, and, like, I guess I yeah. can appreciate that. I still hate the motherfucker, but okay. the fact that he would be on Stephen Colbert's Christmas special, knowing that he's, like, this liberal guy pretending to be a right-winger, like, okay, well, I appreciate the fact that he was able to be on the show. You know, so so the joke would kind of be having him on and holding yeah. him up as a right wing person. Yeah. So you are then a part of the satire. Yeah, so I feel that Toby Keith's song was Toby Keith doing a parody. Of Toby Keith. Oh, I don't think there was anything in the song that was a fucking parody. I I, I Jeannie feel does. like it is. Jeannie does. So like, so like, I'm kind of standing a little alone here. Yeah.
Never mind. <laughs> but so, I, 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 I own this DVD and I watch it every year. I, yeah. I like the the first song which Stephen Colbert sings another Christmas song. I absolutely love that song. Yes. And then Feist, Feist's song as an angel, please be patient. I absolutely fucking love that. And that's like one of my top five Christmas songs. Yeah. Hooray for Santa Claus from Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Dead, dead, dead. Someday you'll be dead from the South Park Christmas album. And Feist's Please Be Patient are like my top three. Yeah, Mr. Hankey's uh, Christmas album. That's what that song is from. Dead, dead, dead. Someday you'll be dead. Yeah. I got that band from my parents from Christmas with my parents because my dad was in a, a car accident and he was all banged up right before Christmas. And I'm like, hey, it's Christmas. And I put on Dead, 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 Someday You'll Be Dead. My mom got so fucking pissed off at me. <laughs> Play that TV. Your dad was in an accident. You know what? That song is banned. You hear me, Stevie? And I'm like, fucking okay. But when I have my own family, I'm going to play it every goddamn year. And I do. Yes. Love that song. But I, I, I like the Stephen Colbert special because I like Stephen Colbert, the fake right-wing pundit. I don't like every song that's on there. I don't like uh, Nutmeg. I don't like... Uh, oh, I uh, love Nutmeg. I don't like Nutmeg, and I don't like... I I hate fucking Toby Keith, but if I can get past Toby Keith, the rest of it is kind of cute, and uh, uh, I, I like uh, Willie Nelson singing, and then Stephen Colbert doing the, like, David Bowie, like, are you high? Yeah. Like, I, I like George Went as Santa Claus, and it, it's just... It's really cute, and I really like it. The DVD has an, has an alternate ending, yeah. Where uh, Stephen Colbert gets killed by the bear. Oh. So, it's cute. Uh, I mean, I fucking hate Toby Keith, but I really like the special, and I think it's adorable. Okay. And so, I was just going to get these... I was just going to get these two 45-minute specials and then just put them together, and there you go. But then I said, no, I'm going to put an intermission in between the two of them because I just like intermission videos and, and, and drive-ins and that sort of stuff. And I go, there you go. Okay, I'm going to render this video. And then I'm like, no, fuck it. Why am I making this video? I'm making this video because I don't want to watch a Christmas film. I just want to do something fun and easy and, and easy breezy. And, and then when I thought about it that way, I was like, well, then fuck it. If this is going to be something that we're just going to do for us, I'm going to put on what we do in the shadows. Season two, episode six on the run featuring goddamn Jackie Daytona. Yes, because he is my life right now. I love this episode. I love everything about this episode. Every goddamn line. And it's so fucking quotable. And I just I so much of my life right now is is quoting Jackie Daytona sounds like a regular wacko, a real son of a bitch. Yeah, I'll keep my papers peeled for that guy. I just I love this episode so much that I was binge watching all of what we do in the shadows, season one and season two. But once I got to Jackie Daytona, it was so fucking good that I watched it a second time and then a third time and then just stopped binge watching because like 
it won't get better than this. Yeah. I've never done this with a television show before, but god damn, this episode is the pinnacle. Okay. And I love it so much. I just love Jackie Daytona, uh, 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 your average American Yankee doodle dad. Yes. Indeed. And I love uh, uh, fucking Luke Skywalker is in this. Yeah. Luke. Was that Skywalker. Luke the other yeah, vampire? He, yeah, that was Luke. Oh, yeah, that my was Luke. God. He was Tim the vampire. He was Tim the Vampire. How do you know my name? It's printed on your card. Yeah. Quite clearly. He's Luke Skywalker, which makes the joke so funny when they're fighting in the bar and both of them get pool sticks and they hold them as lightsabers for a few seconds. Yeah. Uh-huh. Eventually they just break them and they get into a crucifixion a crucifix fight. This episode was not, this television show and this episode specifically was nominated for 10 Emmys this year, including outstanding comedy series. And this episode was nominated for outstanding writing in a comedy series. And it would have won. It wasn't for goddamn Eugene Levy. Really? Sons Creek. Yeah, Shit's Creek won everything. It won Best Comedy, Best Actor in a Comedy, Best Actress in a Comedy, Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy, Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy, Best Writing in a Comedy, Best Drama, uh, Best Dress. It won all the gold in the Olympics. It won, it, it won the Grammys. It won the Tonys. It's still winning things right did now. It, did it win the Houston Chili Cook-Off? It won the Houston Chili Cook-Off. Hey. That's serious. Now I'm impressed. It's funny. Yeah. So, it, 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 I, I, this episode is so popular that if you just search Jackie Daytona, there's so much shit out there. There's yeah. Jackie Daytona shirts and hats. I want to get this Jackie Daytona regular human bartender face mask and wear that everywhere. There's so much stuff. There's so much love out there yeah. for Jackie. For some reason, probably because it came up after Colbert and after He-Man and all that, like I wasn't really in the right mood, and I like wasn't paying full attention. And the first time we went through with it, it, it I didn't care for it because it just looked like a cheap knockoff of the movie. Okay. And then I ran through me. it again this morning, and I fucking loved it. I, you know, I was just like, okay, let me, you know, let me give it a real chance. And I put everything aside, and I was watching it, you know. And well, I, it's a it's a damn good episode. I wasn't on board with what we do in the shadows as a TV series until I learned that uh, Taika Waititi and Jermaine were executive producers of the TV show and that they would be writing and directing certain episodes yeah. and that they, they were going to appear in an episode at the end of season one. And I was like, okay, well, if it has the 100% blessing and if the actual three vampires do appear on the show, then I can absolutely 
get on board with the idea of like a, what we do in the Shadows cinematic universe. And sure enough, they, the three vampires do appear at the end of season one, which was my favorite episode until Jackie Daytona came along. But uh, even though they're in season two, uh, Taika Waititi and Jermaine still have a big hand in this television show. It was Jermaine's idea for the episode and his idea was there has to be an episode in season two where Laszlo uh, goes on the run and the original idea was going to be a a fugitive parody and this vampire traveling all across America in different disguises in different places and it took just one writer to finally say okay that's what people will expect what if he just goes and what if he just stays in one place yeah and falls in love with this tiny town so Laszlo is played by Matt Berry and I love this man he was in the mighty boosh which I was obsessed with because of uh, old Greg Okay, which I old Greg. I found out an old Greg fact, which you probably knew. Did you know this? What? Old Greg was the was the big guy who's on the British Bake Off show. I've never seen the British Bake Off show. The Great British. What's the actual name of the show? The Great, Great British, British Bake Off. Yeah, I've never. I've never seen I've never seen a single freaking episode of that show at all. Oh yeah, no, that's Noel Fielding. I love that guy. Yeah, I will I like I like I knew him from the baking show first. I didn't know old Greg was in the great British What? I didn't know Noel Fielding from the Mighty Boosh was in the Great British Bake Off. How come no one told me this? I just I, did. I would have. Holy shit! I would have. Oh my! I gotta watch the Great British Bake Off now. <laughs> Old Greg is in the Great British Bake Off. He's one of the hosts of the Great British Bake Off. Old Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking love yeah. Noel Fielding. Somebody so had much. posted a picture of the Mighty Boosh. Love that, and I was like, so "That's much. that's that's the British oh Bake Off guy," and I knew the Mighty Boosh did did Old Greg, and then I had to go read the fucking article. Huh? No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so Laszlo, aka Jackie Daytona, was in the Mighty Boosh with with all of them. He was also in a TV show that I am obsessed with. All of the episodes are free on YouTube. It's called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Have we discussed this on the podcast before? No. It's 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 a it's basically a, a Stephen King parody TV show. Okay. Like, like, not, not like a Stephen King, but like a Dean Koontz. Okay. And, and. The, the, the Kmart version of Stephen King. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so the, the concept of the show is in the 80s, this horror novelist 
did a, a TV show for the BBC, which they aired once and never aired again. But now it's like the year 2000 and the BBC is out of good ideas. So they've come back to Garth Marenghi to ask him, hey, do you still have that old show you did in the 80s? We'll run that again. And so it's it's a really bad 1980s horror television show and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And uh, the the head doctor of Dark Place Hospital is uh, Jackie Daytona and he's amazing. Uh, he was also in the last season of Community. Okay. He was the Griff teacher. The what? He, the Grift teacher. He taught the art of the Grift. Nice. Playing the song from the from the Sting over and over again. The Entertainer. They kept playing the Entertainer over and over again during the episode, and so it, that was one of the reasons why I was okay with what we do in the shadows. Because it's like, oh shit, the guy from the Mighty Boosh and Community is in this. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, you have to see Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. It is. Fucking hilarious. Really? It is the worst TV show ever, which is why it is fucking great. I found a YouTube playlist of all of the episodes of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, and I'll throw, watch them. Throw a link in the group. Yeah, I absolutely will. Uh, viewful playlist. There it is. Boom. Uh, yeah. No, I absolutely have the link right here, and I'm just going to pop it right in because it's... It's the absolute freaking best. Not as good as yeah. Jackie Daytona, but uh, it's freaking wonderful. Okay, I just posted that. It's there somewhere. I don't know where, but yeah, there you go. I just posted it. It's on the group. It's on the Facebook group. It's the funniest okay. show ever, and it's a young, it's a young Jackie Daytona. This is the way we talk in Tucson, Arizona. Yes, we do. <laughs> I love this show so much. I love this show so much that I just want to get really high and go watch my local town's high school volleyball team. Yeah. Go Buck. You know who the real losers are? Those volleyball players. Since, I, I since we're in the area of the, yes. of the same topic, not Quite a tangent. May I say to you, sir, everything mm. is a drum. Everything is a drum. Have you seen that? Um, no, what are you talking about? It is a show on Netflix, and when they... they when you like, when you go on an actual icon on Netflix, it has to show you the fucking preview of the show. You know where I would rather browse in peace. Oh, oh. yeah, that's Auntie Donna's big old house of fun. I keep meaning to watch that. Everyone tells me I have to watch that, and I and I plan to. I just I I never watch Netflix. It, the problem is that it's on Netflix. Here is my opinion. That bit is brilliant. I fucking love that everything's a drum bit. So much oh, yeah. so that I started watch, watching the show. 
And that humor just ran yeah. out really fucking quick. Yeah. Well, I I really I I know I'm gonna like it because I I'm still in love with the show. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix. Yeah. Because I still think that that was the funniest fucking show I've ever seen. Tim Robinson was a bit player on SNL. Uh, he was only on for like two seasons and then they fired him. He had all of these weird, crazy skit ideas that SNL refused to put on the air because they were just too weird. So he just basically said, I'll show you guys. One day I'll have my own show and I'll do my own skits. And so he did. And it came out like right around the beginning of the pandemic and everyone was at home and they were watching. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. And it became a hit. And I just absolutely love that show. So when I saw Auntie Donna's Great Big House of Fun, I'm like, okay, this looks like it's in that same universe, and I'm going to watch this, and I'm going to love it. And yeah. and I keep meaning. I just got to Shit's Creek for shit's sake. Yeah. So I'll be getting to Auntie Donna's in eventually. I I really didn't like it after much after everything's a drum. Which I fucking loved. Yeah, okay. So, so like, for me, like, I mean, you, your results may vary, okay? You might like it. I don't want to <laughs> discourage you from watching it. But for me, yeah. it, it looks like I really think you hit your peak with that, and I can't keep watching this now. Honestly? Yeah. Like well, Jackie isn't that what you were saying about what we do in Shadows? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what I was saying about Jackie Daytona. Jackie Daytona is so fucking funny that, like, they're like, I don't know, I might be done with this show. I might be done. Yeah. Because it will never get any better than this. This is fucking hilarious. I was really, I'm really happy to see what we do on the shadows on a lot of critics, like, lists of the top 10 best shows on TV in 2020. Really? The Onion AV Club listed it like number three or number four on their list of the best TV shows of the year. Yeah. And and they specifically pointed out Jackie Daytona. And it's like, oh, okay, good for you. Jackie for Daytona you. was fucking hysterical. You know? Yes, absolutely. I, 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 he supports his local volleyball team. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows the local team. That Jackie Daytona has a heart of gold. You know? Well, when you're Jackie Daytona, you can do anything you want because you change lives. Yes. Yes, you do. My wife! Love that episode so much. I have seen it about ten times. I've seen it about ten times. But, but at the same time, you know, in keeping with the vampire aspect, What what a better life to live! I mean, it it just made sense that like he wouldn't. He's a bar owner. He wouldn't open till after dark. Yeah. And yeah. No, can, it makes perfect he can, sense. He can close before the sun comes up, and he crawls in. Who's gonna notice an old an old freezer like that in an old bar? Yeah. You know, so he's yeah, got his coffin. Yeah. 
I, I think I think it's genius how they make those genius in a kind of way that Weird Al Yankovic is a genius. You know. Yeah. So I headed up east to Pennsylvania because it sounded like Transylvania, yeah. and everyone knows that's cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Love it. Love everything about it. I'm hoping that later on in the series that the girl will come back. Because a lot of characters that they run into like appear again in the show, yeah. reoccurring characters. And I'm hoping that, that the girl who worked at the bar with Jackie tracks down Laszlo because she's in love with Jackie Daytona. That could be an entire episode. Yes, it could. And that's what I'm hoping for, because she was adorable. But I just love how they built this vampire's life, and it made sense in a way. I mean, considering vampires are real, <laughs> it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a great episode, and I'm really happy to be talking about Jackie Daytona. He would be a big fish so in a really little pond. Yeah, and he's, he, the entire episode just hangs on a uh, talent show to raise money for the girls' volleyball team to go to state. Yes, I love it so much. See, now I'm gonna have to watch it again to see Mark Hamill, though. But oh but yeah, it's fucking wonderful. He gave him a Billy Bass fish. Yeah, and he goes, uh, "Do you remember the Mechanical Turk?" <laughs> I, love, I love that I love that weirdo old school reference so much yeah do you remember the mechanical Turk <laughs> it's such a good episode and it's really great when you know that it's Mark Hamill he's having a lot of fucking fun I am so happy that Mark Hamill in, involved, evolved into the human Mark Hamill has. I fucking love Mark Hamill, and I thought he was just going to be a... I mean I, I mean, I thought he would always be famous for being Luke Skywalker, but he was going to be a, a Jan Michael Vincent or, you know, one of the Van Patten kids. You know, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Aryan kids that we were really into in the 70s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, good for Mark but Hamill. But he's just turned out to be more... I mean, I love how he does not take himself serious. Not even a little bit. We did... His pivot to doing voice acting was genius. So we didn't have yes. to watch him go through the pouty phase that we had to watch William Shatner fucking go through. And we had to watch Adam West go through it. You know, and just about anybody else who was who we love because of a certain role they played. You know, there was always a period where they Mark were like, Hamill is such a Batman. good fucking Joker. What? Mark Hamill is such a good Joker. Yeah, his name should be up there with the other Jokers. I I, I have Caesar heard Romero. Cesar Romero, Zach Galifianakis from the Lego Batman movie. Yes. And Mark Hamill. 
and yeah. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Top three Jokers right there. Yes. Boom. There's no other Joker. There's no other Jokers. Especially, especially ones uh, that are set in the 70s and have phoenixes in it. That yeah. one did... I'm convinced that movie didn't happen, no. Yeah. That are we no, talking about... Are we on the same movie? I'm not sure. I'm thinking... No, now I'm talking far. about Joaquin Phoenix's film Joker. I'm convinced that that movie didn't come out. Oh, okay. That one. Yeah. Weird. That was weird. Yeah. That was weird. Well, maybe you do a spin-off show? Things we would like to forget from 2020. Ooh, that's a good idea. That there is a good you go. Idea. That was 2019, though. That was the end of 2019 because it was up for the 2020 Oscars. Again, like Cats, a harbinger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That tracks. <laughs> so that's right. all I've Don't got. Don't they both seem so fucking long ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the beginning of this year, Bella and I went to the movie theater to, to watch Cats. That happened this year. It yeah. seems like five years ago that that happened. Yeah. It this year. That is insane. Fucking Rick D's. That was the last fucking movie I saw. That was the last movie you saw in theaters. The last movie I saw in theaters was Back to the Future, which is weird. Fuck you. I, it, the, it's 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 so wonderful to watch Back to the Future with someone who has never watched Back to the Future before. The joy of having Amber lean up to me and goes and go, Dad, does he want to fuck his mom? <laughs> and I'm like, No, the mom wants to fuck him. This is a very incest movie. <laughs> Just wait till they start making out in the car in the parking lot of the dance. Yeah. This is a weird movie to explain to someone who has not seen the film. Yeah. But that's all I've got for this week. Uh, this was a fun, nice off week. Next week will be our last episode of the year but still even though the episode will uh we will be recording it after christmas it's still in december and december is our christmas month so yes. next week once again we will be covering our yearly tradition santa claus and santa and the ice cream bunny yes and once again, like I do every year, I will be doing an all-new deep dive into the film. Yes. Like I do every year. But this year is a little different because we're both on page with on the same page with the same version. Which is the Jack and the Beanstalk version of Santa Claus? Which I have never seen before. Which I've never seen before. I've seen Thumbelina more times than I can count, but I've never seen the Jack and the Beanstalk version. Yes. So I'm pretty excited about this. It is a treat. Really? Yes. 
Uh, okay. I'm going to take your word for that. Please but I don't consider upping your dosage on your antidepressants, maybe. You okay. know? Okay. Um, uh, have yeah, some edibles and lots of Sprite. Lots of Sprite, well, okay. The, the zesty lemon flavor. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So next week, we're doing Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny. Also, next week, I've got a game. Okay. And it's going to be... It's going to be so much fun. So much fun. Okay. I cannot wait to play this game with you, Bunny. That I have come up with, and it's brilliant. So excited. So very excited. But that's next week. Now that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and lows, the ups and the downs, Jackie Daytona, Saturday Night Fever, Yuri Geller, Disco, Rick D's! Rick D's. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been pretty good. This has been a damn good episode of the podcast. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that. I was going to say the same thing, but you're the one who comes up with those uh, classifications, distinctions, and I didn't want to step on your toes, but yes, I, I, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Stephen on behalf of Bella and... Maxwell and Natasha and Eleanor and everybody else in the house. I just want to say thanks for listening and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And you Lumas. And you Lumas? Oh, Lumas. It's the name of the stars in Super Mario Galaxy. Super Mario Galaxy. Gotcha. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do